The sweat dripped off his face as he walked into the room. Melissa dropped the dishes. <laughs> she was aroused. <laughs> I was like, ah, just, ah, damn. everyone and welcome to anime club after dark the podcast that delves into all things anime manga and otaku culture related i'm your host alex but you can call me senpai and joining me tonight we have our poser extraordinaire nitai i was trying to think like of a good like monologue quote for this episode but i'm, I'm blanking on it right now so it is what it well, is well it's after midnight for you so it's okay <laughs> no it's a stage fright we're talking about voice acting after all <laughs> <laughs> but it is after midnight for you yeah it is it's, it's like four <laughs> minutes after midnight and yeah we are talking about uh voice acting tonight and because of that we have a special guest which some of you may have heard on our previous wtf episodes and you may actually hear him again on some of our future wtf episodes hopefully because we love having him on um but since he actually is a voice actor himself, we thought we'd ask him to come on since we're going to be talking about that tonight. We have our boy Burger back. It's me. Ooh. It's me. It's the B-U-R-G. What's, what's going on, everyone? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> the B-U-R-G. It's me. It's me. It's the B-U-R-G. God, it must be great having the name Burger, though. Uh, not like, I mean, you're now, but like, yo, dude, I can't go and get my childhood back. Like, it was still traumatizing. Like. <laughs> um but yeah so um since there may be some people who don't listen to our wtfs but do listen to our regular episodes and they may not know you i was wondering if maybe you could actually introduce yourself again for the people who uh, listen to us that that maybe do that sure sure absolutely so what's going on everybody my name is burger uh my first name is jamil uh i am a voice actor uh i'm Going into my first year as a full-time voice actor, uh, I've been really lucky and really blessed to uh, get the roles I've been given. Uh, you may have heard me in nothing, because uh, a lot of my stuff don't come out until 2023. Uh, but I nice. have done some Woo-hoo. stuff. I, I've worked with Nick Cannon. That was a, a pretty big deal. Um, working with Nick Cannon was awesome. Uh, I've also I've been in a couple uh, small like indie projects, couple games that I think are out. I think one is called Thunder League. It's on Steam right now, and hopefully, if my cards play out, maybe I can be on a AAA uh, console game by the end of this year. Fingers crossed. Uh, Fuck yeah, dude! I'm hoping for it. Uh, but I have my own podcast called Geeks in the City, uh, where in a sense that's kind of where I got my start because I would speak to voice actors every day because I couldn't pay for classes. So, and I got cool with the community and they've embraced me. And I think because my <laughs> name is Burger, they was like, oh, get in here. Get in here. Yes. I was like, all right. So. Your name, your name is a good selling point. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, like I, like I keep telling you, it, it it's cool now, but in high school, not even high school, man, elementary and middle school, it was terrible because I, I went to school with my cousin. And his name was Fry, F R Y, and like it was nice. Fry. It was a rap. You know, it's bad when like the teachers have to stop themselves from laughing. I was like, "Yo, y'all supposed to be the difference maker." They'll be like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> Fry Johnson." Oh, oh my god, y'all ain't gonna do me like that. So, 
also worth mentioning though that you are an instructor at a voice acting yeah, school. As yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very much true. I also work for Casting Call Club. Uh, I work for the educational department, closing credit as an instructor. I do a lot of their events there. Uh, I've been told recently that some people think I own it because my face is everywhere, which I didn't realize <laughs> until I looked at the page. I was like, oh damn, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of me. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of burgers. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of meat on this page I mean, right now. I mean, no one ever say no to a lot of burgers. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I got some exes that might not agree with that. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's been really it's been really really cool, man. It's been I am literally living the dream in a sense because I get paid to do voiceover and I'm literally affecting the voice actors of tomorrow. So that's a really cool thing. A lot of people don't get to say that. Especially going. That's really through, awesome. But uh, I did eight years of stand-up comedy, so I feel like that contribute to something I had to do. Well, How and much... that would certainly prepare you for uh, any negative criticism you might get. Yeah, I tell I... people all the time because you know voice acting is a lot of like silence, so you know you just send your stuff out into the void, and hopefully you'll hear something back. Um, mm-hmm. And I say I'd rather deal with silence. Uh, you know how I many how many times I had old white people curse me out or had drinks thrown at me like this is <laughs> silence is so much better than dealing with people saying you suck. I'm like yeah, you know. <laughs> like not to go on a not to go on like a too much of a huge ta- uh, tangent, but I'm just so curious about this. So you talked about your experience as a stand up comedian. How much of that experience do you find yourself using and utilizing while voice acting? Or let's say you have learned while do, doing a lot of stand up comedy. Do you find yourself being like, oh, I can incorporate this into my work as a voice actor? Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, is that um, the thing that the thing that really helped me stand out a lot is uh, I've been told I have a really like bright personality. Um, there's there's two types of voice actors. There's voice actors who like go in and like they go out and they leave. They get the job done. They out. And there's people who like try to meet people and they're like, and not a sense they become the center of attention, but they're known. Um, so I'm really in that category um, because I did stand up for so comedy so long. I realized that the only way to succeed in the comedy world is that you had to let your presence be known. Otherwise, you get overlooked by other comedians. Um, mm. Comedy also really helped me shoulder shrug a lot of stuff. And with voice acting, you got to be able to do that because this business isn't, isn't nice to you, especially if you're not like the biggest on mental because uh, it, it it'll break you down. Um, so mm. I was able to show the shrug a lot of stuff and like not care. Um, not saying I don't care about it, but like be like, okay, like it's nothing never personal. And then like last sure, sure. is like improv, right? I can, you know, just go inside and like being able to be like, all right, I'm gonna try something different. Um, because that's what I would do on stage every night, every day. I don't know who's in, who's going to come in a club drunk and I'm gonna have to like deal with that. <laughs> so you have to be ready to deal with the punches. Um, Would I you did, say the the voice acting like industry and like circle or the community, community whatever is more cutthroat than stand up comedy? Like it's way harder to like get mm, noticed and nah, to like oh no nah. nah. stand up comedy. It's like a you know league of its own. Stand up comedy <laughs> is really difficult. Like because I couldn't imagine voice actors because I I met like Rob McCollin is one of my one of my good friends. Um, that's the voice actor for Reiner. We would talk all the time, and he was like, dude. Mm. I couldn't imagine getting on stage like how you do. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't imagine working at Funimation the way you do. Like, so <laughs> uh, it's it's difficult. You have to be in the right frame of mind. Um, you have to be able to like, because people are going to say stuff and people are going to hate. 
Um, I give you a prime example. Well, I, I feel like because because voice acting is part of show business. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, feel absolutely. like uh, like many other aspects of show business, you're going to get a lot more rejections than acceptance. Yeah, and you learn that it's nothing personal. Like my demo, um, I'm very proud of my demo uh, of my voice because there's three types of de- demos. There's a uh, interact, there's commercial, there's promo, and there's character slash interactive. And I'm very proud of my interactive demo. Um, but there are going to be some people that say it sucks. And that's that's fine, um, mm-hmm. because you know they're not the ones paying me. But if you're someone who's new, and you just get this demo made, and someone says, "Oh, I don't like it," and there are people who'll be like, "Ooh, maybe it's bad then," and you can't fall into that category. You got to be like, "Man, whatever. It's not meant for you." And that's what a lot of this game is. Um, like I said, I got lucky because I'm black, so I, I got I got <laughs> to throw around my wig immediately. I was like, "Yo, you're not gonna cast me because I'm African American." They're like, "No, who said that?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Let me do Walla on the show. <laughs> Who said that? Have these fifteen jobs. <laughs> exactly. That. I played up every stereotype I could. Like, uh, uh. and as as great as that might be, I and you've talked about it too. In fact, you talked about it on the most recent WTF that you were on with us. That the the state of voice acting, at least in the West and particularly in the United States, isn't exactly rosy. Um particularly for voice actors in like the anime side of the industry or even the um, the video game voice acting industry as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not great. So I was wondering, like, as someone who's in the industry, what do you personally think are some of the bigger issues that really need, or biggest issues that need to be addressed, like ASAP? Um, honestly, like, a lot of it just goes down to rates, man. Um, like, video games pay significantly better than uh, anime. Like, you don't make really anything off anime like uh anime is very low it's like 75 to 70 an hour um and then people would think like oh you're in like 12 episodes on anime so you have to make something but honestly there are some people that make like 90 dollars um because when you count taxes and you count like whatever your agent gets sometimes you get like 30 bucks and it's not like in a show like when you watch an anime it has 12 episodes right um as a voice actor, as a talent, you get paid per hour. Um, and it's not like you're getting paid per episode. You're getting paid per hour. So in the course of one hour, they're shooting out seven, maybe six episodes, like right there and then. So it's very, so very, you do very a half fast. a season. You know, you could potentially do half a season within the first hour that you're there. Yeah, and you got to think about it. Who are you on the show? Are you a prominent character? Like if you like if you analyze, like the next time you go watch an anime, I, I encourage everyone to do this. Watch one of the side characters. And count how many times they're on screen. Because count how many lines they have. Yeah, because that line of dialogue is all they have to say. And they're getting that stuff done quick. I have friends who are on Attack on Titan for for literally all four seasons. And they made under $300. Like, honestly. For each season or total? Total. Damn. Like, because you got to count the flashback episodes. They're still credit it for those roles reu- and things like that for know? those do they re- they reuse the old clips and the like I, so i'm guessing the actors aren't getting paid for those old clips not normally what happens they'll have you like redo the scene if if it's an mm. old clip like so there's a difference between an old clip or, or a scene redone like an old right. clip is just oh we're just gonna flash back from the previous episode but like you know mm. like i think what was his name um from attack on titan uh his name started with an m marcos or m 
Marco, yeah. Marco, right? He died, and they showed another way of how he died. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, yeah, right. Damn, my bad. I mean, <laughs> it's, look, for, it's not, for season one from 10 years ago. Two, it's fine. That's not my fault, bro. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't give a shit about Attack on Titan. It's full of scrubs. <laughs> I know a lot of people do, though. But, like, yeah, like, he got repaid for that one scene, but that's, like, you know. Oh, really? But that was probably done way before, right? Like, so it's, is there a standard though for like how like a standard? Well, standard I, I imagine I imagine it kind of depends. Like if it's a flashback and they have to redo the uh, the voicing anyway, you're probably going to get paid for. It. But if it's literally like a recap episode where they're just like literally reusing clips from previous episodes, they're just going to cut and paste. Yeah, there is is like the biggest thing right now is that America, like in Japan, right where where anime is extremely popular, right. Their voice actors get treated like royalty, in a sense. They do. Like idols, yeah, you yeah. never hear about these issues you that don't. we talk about in the West. In the, the they're uh, literal idols. The Japanese. Side. You have to think about it like this: like anytime you see any Japanese like show, like it's being announced, the voice actor is credited on the screen, like immediately. You know, sometimes it shows the voice actor before it even shows the character, or they'll be like, "We have this person here." Voice actors in it's Japan are invited point, to yeah. talk shows. Yeah, for, for yeah, for some voice actors, it's a huge selling point to have yeah. them in your show. Yeah, by um, literally, uh, like I can talk about it. Um, John, who's the head of education for closing credits, uh, he directed um this anime uh called um Demon Rush which was made by a YouTuber named uh, Mostar. And the ja- and he did the English dub, and he did the uh, the Japanese dub. In the Japanese dub, they got the voice actor for Jotaro, which is Omo. Oh. Like, that's oh. a huge selling. That's like, huge. that's huge. Right? Like, voice actors in Japan, they're invited to talk shows. They're invited to speak at conference. You know, voice actors over here, they're lucky to get on podcasts. You know, that's why as an actor you that's why you're here <laughs> you really don't know how big you are until you go to conventions that's why actors make money doing prints and they go and they get sent to conventions but it's really hard to make money doing just anime like it's damn near impossible so many actors have um you know a steady job because it's impossible to like supply yourself off of working with just anime unless you're like one of the like i think Bryce, like the dude that plays uh, Aaron, you know, he's probably the one of the most highest paid anime voice actors. And I think he only gets like 150 an hour, like 115, like 115 an hour. Like, and he's like been in the game for centuries. So the biggest issues right now is that uh, a lot of actors, they're tired of it. You know, they're they're They want they want anime to be unionized where. At the guarantee, you'll get one hundred and fifty dollars per like per hour. That is the standard union rate. That is the lowest of the union rate, but that's the standard union rate. And I think they deserve it. Um, but mm. it does put an interesting situation uh, because, well, what about the people who are inspired by anime, right? Like as a kid, like I was like a lot of voice actors who like when you think of like classic shows like Yoni Kenshin. Um, and like Dragon Ball Z, you know, Outlaw Hina. Star. Yeah, yeah, all those, like, all these Rama, all these shows and things like that. L- love Hina. I love that show. Um, Which became popular <laughs> in the West because of English dub voice acting. Yeah, like Dorothy Fa, who, who you know, I spoke to. I, I love Dorothy. Uh, she voiced in Love Hina. She voiced in Rioni Kenshin. She was Miss Kairu, um, and she was Hina. Um, a lot of these actors... They did this as a side job 
to make extra mm. money. This was never like, ooh, yeah. Like, they didn't think this was going to be big. So the problem with it now is that a lot of actors who are like, who, you know, made the, who made this meet like legends in the industry, you know, they're, you can see why like some actors stopped doing anime, right? Troy Baker, for instance, doesn't do it like, like he does Baki, which is Netflix, but Netflix is union, right? Mm, it makes yeah. more sense to work on a show where you're going to make 150 per finished hour as a lead where you know you'll have more hours in versus doing an anime where, you know, like I said, it's 75 per finished hour. You know, your agent has to take a cut, you know, uh, taxes take a cut. At the end of the day, you're making like $35, which is nothing right. for a show like Jujutsu Kaisen, the movie. That movie grossed over so much fucking money. Like, it's ridiculous. And the actor that played the lead made under, like, 150. Well, I heard... I I don't know exactly how true this is because I saw it on Twitter, which is a fucking gospel of truth. Um, but I heard someone say that... Uh, now, uh, the... the um, the Demon Slayer movie, Mugen Train, mm -hmm. which was the highest grossing movie in 2020. Granted, it had a little help getting there because of the coof, but um, it was the highest grossing movie in 2020, the first time an anime has ever grossed anywhere near that much money. Um, the the guy that voiced um, Tanjiro in the English dub ended up only getting like 300 bucks. Yeah, Zach Aguilar, right? Mark Witten played Rengoku mm. in that film. And once again, the idea is like there. Once you do your lines, you're done, right? You like, and there's no residual. Not but at isn't all. Like that, Aniplex, aren't they working different with how they dub their stuff? Or am I not really? Really off. Not every not really. anime mm. usually have this. All anime has the same like the same rate. Some places play lesser because there's no minimum rate for anime. I have heard, I, and I, again, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard from a couple of voice actors on, again, Twitter, that one thing that Aniplex does do is they they give you more rest periods in your typical, like, voice acting studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, uh, from, I, because um, I'm trying to think. No, uh, my friend, Mo Molly Seriously, she works with Sentai. Um, I think she's done a couple work with Aniplex, but... Um, there have been a few studios out there that's like more understanding and things like that for like real like roles that's like really intense and things like that. Let's say like a re zero, right? Uh Sean Chiplock mm -hmm. was in that one. Uh he played uh not he played Subaru. Uh and there's a lot of yelling in that show. Yeah, right. Legally, he is required to take breaks. Otherwise he's under like he's he's in an intense work environment. Like legally, they yeah. have to give him breaks. But every now and again, they'll be like, oh, maybe you can do one more scene. And he's like, I got to take care of my voice because I got another gig I yeah. have to book after this. And once again, you, you got to constantly be on the lookout. So it's really rough right now. And in my heart, I feel like sort of bad because it puts new actors in a weird predicament right now. Because a lot of actors are like, OK, you know what? We're going to show them we're not going to do anything. We're not going to we're not going to dub your show until they pay us what we think is right. And then imagine you as a new voice actor, you know, you're thrown in that situation and now there's a chance to voice. But if you voice in a show that you want to, you're in a sense going against the people who made that show popular. So it's like, do I stand mm -hmm. in solidarity with my or do I take advantage of the situation and be part of and like and be part of a show? Like, which one do you do? Because getting into the union. Do you think that like, sorry to cut you off, no, but no like I'm just like it's I, I find it's very interesting how. Like, do you think this these companies allow themselves to pay 
like that amount of money, which is like very minimal, because there's like there is like to some extent talent out there who is looking for any job, and you have like spaces like Fiverr where you have these like people who like give me 10 bucks i'll voice like this short clip for you or whatever because you have all these people on platforms like fiverr you well, think that's what allows it to keep going this sort of system well the thing you know, is the gigification of jobs the, the thing is like so fiverr has gotten really better over the years um like in the mm, beginning okay. it was terrible it was like give me five dollars i'll voice anything but there's like it's a rating system and now like you can make i know a lot of people just do fiverr they make a great living the reason why anime is in this flux right now is because it's always been like that, right? And for the last 15 years, 25 years, no one has really said anything. It's just been an unspoken rule. But now with the merge with like Funimation and Sony and Crunchyroll, you know, and they got this big Sony funny building that they're building in Texas. It's like, yo, you have the money to pay us. This all should be union. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, you haven't said nothing before. Why, why say it now? And it's like with the, with the con, with the combine of the pandemic and every, and they're like, no one really expected like anime movies to blow up the way they did. I think the Dragon Ball Z super movie was the first one that like, whoa, this is really okay. Interesting. Right. And then we went to Demon Slayer, which did amazing. Then we went to. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Kaisen, which is doing amazing. Now the conversation is, okay, I guess we'll start putting, we'll start playing animes in in theaters. Granted, some of them are selected, but they're now more, like, they're now seen. As a kid growing up, there was never, like, like when an anime film or movie would come out in theater, it would never play over here in the States. You would just have to buy it on DVD or buy it, you know, or VHS. Or... If it did, it was in like an art house theater. Yeah, it was never like the idea that you can go to a AMC theater and be like, "Oh, I can see the Jujutsu Kaisen movie here." It's crazy, and it shouldn't be because anime has always been popular, right? It's right. just never had a chance to like shine. At- it's certainly been super popular in the West for the last fifteen or so years. Yeah, with conventions and everything. Like uh, Aaron Fitzgerald once told me. Um, and that's the voice actor for Chie, and uh, she was she was nice on Ed and Nettie. When she was doing that, because that show was from Canada, that show was actually filmed in Canada. Um, when she was doing that show in Canada, she had no idea it was popular. No one was talking about it over there. In a sense, it was a dud. But when she came over to the states, and then when she went to her first con over here, she was like, "Whoa, this show's on a cartoon!" Like it was one of the top shows like over here. So you never know what your show is doing. And a lot of people just go by. And like I said, it's been like an unspoken rule for so long. Like no one ever really said anything. And then with all like, you know, the actors getting into it, like especially like younger actors and things like that. Hey, man, you get a chance to be on an anime like Dragon Ball Z. Like there are people who are willing to do it for free, you know. <laughs> and a lot of the older actors are like, nah, we're, we're, we're tired of that. And we, they're, they're the whole conversation. They want to push everything to be union. And if it's union, you know, things like health benefits and 401ks and all that stuff is finally like in the conversation. Um, cause at the end of the day, we got bills to pay and it's hard to right. pay them working on thir- when, when, especially when you know this, this thing is making money is making bank. I'm not getting residuals, you know, I only get invited to cons if I'm requested to be at a con. 
You yeah. think you think you were getting closer to that unionization of voice actors? Yeah, well, clearly. But... I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already, given how like amenable show the show business industry as a whole is to unionization. I mean, you look at Hollywood; you have uh, the Actors Guild, the uh, Screenwriters Guild, the Directors Guild. Like, I'm really surprised there's not a voice acting guild at this point. They're trying to make one. That's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to. Like, when you look at medium, like the medium today, like video games is catching up to Hollywood, you know, with mocapping and all that stuff. Like, The Last of Us 2, no matter how you feel about the game, the production in that video game is outstanding. Absolutely insane. And Hollywood's taking notice. I mean, and I feel like they feel maybe a little threatened by all of this. Well, why do you think we're seeing all of a sudden now we're seeing more like, oh, let's get a Sonic the Hedgehog film and things like that. Yeah, like, you, which by the way is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it, well, I saw it with my lady. It was it was fantastic. This is I, oh, really? I, I no 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 cap. Like seriously, this is the best video game movie I've ever seen. But but here's the really important question: How is Idris Elba? Sexy as fuck. Man, him being acting of that. It it really it like it really made me realize that. Damn, there was really no reason for him to be because I was thinking a lot of people. Do I look like I need job? I'm like, I could have did that. Like, <laughs> that was like, good. Like, fuck. That, I want to ask about Burger, that. Burger, you got to admit, Idris Elba's got a sexy voice. As a voice actor, yeah, I would love that. But, you know what I, I mean? I, I there's three people. It's like, I feel like Idris Elba is like, he's going to be like the modern day young version. Like, you know how people listen to Morgan Freeman? They're like, fuck, that's soothing. It's like, Idris <laughs> is like, damn, that's hot. Like, it's just like, oh, man. Like. Which is crazy because, like, you know, you hear Sonic's voice. That's not sexy at all. <laughs> uh, but Sonic was a great. F- but you, but we're seeing more of that, right? And they, and it's already been announced for the third one. Like, yeah, they're doing. They're putting in more of these shows because they are making money, right? Yeah, I, I want to ask. That is the, the question, like, so though. We, Go ahead, Natai. It's just like it's because we, we talk about Idris Elba and literally just said like, just probably n- it's. It's more for the name recognition, maybe. Even though he probably did a good job. Do you but have Idris is also a great actor. Yeah, he's a, I'm not trying to take away from that. But my question is, do you feel like... Because this is a question that's been going around for a long time. I mean, fucking... From the moment DreamWorks started like putting like these all-star casts for their animated features, it's like, do you feel like when you focus on that name recognition you're taking away from these talents that are like their main job is voice acting that could shine more in these like big productions i mean well here's um, the thing you know yeah Andrew's do you feel Elba, like that happens in the anime voice acting community as well i mean well once again here's the thing Andrew's, oh he's gonna sell the film right film and shows oh, for sure for sure always have two different like uh weights to them right You'll watch a show regardless of who you know, regardless of who's in it, right? Um, now, more in Japan, that's more of a factor uh, on that side. But there's some anime that I watch simply because of who's voice acting in it. Like, if it's got Mamoru Miyano in it, I'm there. Right. But a lot of people are willing to try in a show or something like that, regardless of who there knows in it. And then the idea is okay, I'll just watch the sub in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to film, like, because. When like the video game industry has like if you think of every film that's coming out right now that's already came out that's based off video games. We got I'm talking like Uncharted, 
the Sonic movie, the Mario movie that's coming out. They're making a Minecraft movie, Tomb Raider 2, Detective Pikachu 2, the Borderlands film. They're making the Bioshock, Yakuza, Mega Man, Beyond Good and Evil. They're even talking about a Metal Gear Solid. Like, and that's just like, that's been announced. And there's a bunch of stuff that's in the works, you know, for shows like the Cuphead TV show, Halo, um, Cyberpunk, The Last of Us is getting a series, you know, all like The Witcher, the, which is on Netflix. Cyberpunk's also getting an anime adaptation. Yeah, Devil May Cry, True. like Splinter Cell, like Resident Evil. Well, they've always been trying Resident Evil, but the Castle Van- like there's clearly like a fandom there. And when I think of the There's Uncharted movie, a market movie, for it too. When I think of the Uncharted movie, the last thing I think about is Tom Holland. I was, was a very <laughs> not questionable choice, but I was like, because I'm like, isn't Tom Holland like five seven? Like what? Like how can he be Nathan <laughs> Dude, Drake? Fucking fucking Mark Wahlberg is Sully. I was like, what the fuck is this casting? <laughs> no. But the but the it's it's not terrible. It's not like. It's not the greatest, but it's not terrible. But the idea is could have been worse. They could have done Tom Cruise as it, Nathan it, Drake. It could have. It could have just been running every fucking where. The whole... Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise is like sixty years old, and he jumps around like a fifteen-year-old. Dude, the fact that Chris Pratt is Mario, like, come on, man, like, it's clearly like there's a certain value that comes with your name, right? Mm. And they're trying it with the films, at least in my opinion. Um, they're trying it with films. Because that's how it works in Japan. When you see Daisuke, uh, uh, Nawata, um, I think, you know, no matter what show it is, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Or regardless, you know, the fact that um, Ono, you know, the voice actor for Jotaro is in a show, you know, that a YouTuber a made. Point. Like a YouTuber made his own anime. He got Jotaro's voice. He got Jotaro Kujo in his show. Hit reading his script. That puts his show on another level. So that name brings value, you know. And, I mean, going back to your original question, do you think, you know, some of the higher names are, like, taking away from voice actors, like, today? I mean, eh, kind of, yeah, but kind of no. Because, like, a lot of my peers, a lot of my friends are those voice actors. And a Mm. lot of them go into the role as directors. You know, they're the ones doing casting because they know what the material is and things like that. And they've been very. There's a lot of in in, in the anime space. There's a lot of former voice actors that have become ADR directors and pretty good ADR directors. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. J. Michael Tatum is a fantastic ADR director. Also, like voiced in the same shows he was an ADR director. Fucking Wendy Lee, like she does really good ADR uh, directing. I'm mm. learning Morgan Berry is teaching at the school um, in the coming week, and that's going to be interesting. And Morgan Berry, for those who don't know, uh, Morgan Berry plays. Uh, she's uh, Moraha, Morgaha, and Yashihime, the the son, the daughter of uh, Inuyasha. She's the daughter of uh, 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 Kakome. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she's her. She's in a uh, Food War. She was uh, the thirteen, mm. I think, and a. Uh, I believe in My Hero Academia, uh, but she she's been in anim- she's she's been in a lot of anime different shows. Um, she was Rendo in uh, Food Wars, so she's she's put her work mm. in there. So she, I believe that is someone that a lot of people could be like, okay, this is someone who knows what they're talking about. So, right, I'm really I'm really excited about it because you know ADR is one of those things that's hard to like. First of all, ADR is very expensive. Uh, to get a class really? to unless you're in the city where they're doing it at. And 
to do it remotely, it's very difficult. But there are people who teach it remotely. Uh, Yara Nika, who uh, is a hentai director, she teaches ADR <laughs> director, and it's like nice. And as and like as insane as like what learning ADR from a hentai director? So the hell what like. <laughs> It's still voice acting. It is still voice I mean, it's acting. Still voice acting. You put it's that on your resume. And groaning, but it's still voice acting. You put acting. that on your resume. You stand out. And true, true. I think that's what it is. You know, people just want people to stand out. I love that that sort of like cross section of like people who move from porn to other media. Like you have all of these mangaka who start their work with doing dojinchis, like the Food Wars mangaka. It's uh, mm. there's something about that <laughs> it pops up every now and then. I have a, I have so, a large. Go- a level of respect for the uh, for the hentai like for sure for yeah the, for just the NSFW oh, me community. too um because they get a lot of flack and like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that a lot of people who worked on only hentai alone was able to make it into uh damn what's a comma uh akadama drive you know either doing additional voices oh, or, right. or like background characters and things like that but just off the fact that they had consistent work and I think a big stigma is that, oh, damn, if you do hentai, like, your career is no one's going to want to work with you. And that's not true at all. Um, it's still stuff on your resume, right? It's it's work. It you is. Know? Like, it's work, yeah. Audiobooks pays a lot. Like, you can make a lot of money doing audiobooks. You can make a, a way, 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 way more shit ton more money if you do, like, the spicy content. Like, I've been asked to read so many books for, for lonely single moms, and I'll be like, yeah, just... I just don't be feeling it, man. It's just the sweat. <laughs> the sweat dripped off his face as he walked into the room. Melissa dropped the dishes. She's <laughs> I was like, ah, just ah, damn. Like, I got a mom, man. Like, I don't. Nah, son. Nah, just give, just give me this skirt. They're like, ah, Onichan, what are you doing? Oh my god, oh, Alex. dude, it's 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 terrible. Um. Honestly, I think the best Alex way... Alex can somehow like, twist his voice to get to these high octaves, and I'm like, is it like crushing his balls in the process? What is going on over there? Oh, to get your voice up? No, some people... I got a friend named uh, Thomas who's like, man, his voice goes so damn high, like, without, like... Like, if you heard him behind you scream, you might be like, what's wrong, ma'am? Oh, like... <laughs> My only trick with the twist in my voice is the golem voice. Aside from that, it's only goofy laughs, and that's oh, it. He can do goofy pretty good. <laughs> Gorsh. Gorsh. <laughs> Sora! Yeah, it's <so> goofy. <laughs> uh, Stop uh, yucking so around. Going, oh, <laughs> I, go, go, going back to the original question that I had, though, like, so one anime studio in particular um, that has a distribution deal with disney in the west is studio ghibli right and we look at the films that they release and the english dubs that disney produces for them and you see these huge names in them sometimes like like these people who are not primarily voice actors coming in to 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 do this do you think that that in particular is is harmful to people who are primarily voice actors it's it's a slippery slope because like I have friends who's work with Disney, but it's extremely hard to work with them because they're one of the few companies that do be like, oh, you've done hentai work before? No. Um, Mm. So I'm in the mindset, and I tell everyone, fake it till you make it, right? Um, Mm. Do do what you got to do. Don't do anything that you wouldn't be proud. Don't do nothing that will, like, eat at your soul. 
But do what you got to do. You got to get. Don't do anything that'll get the FBI to knock on your. Yeah, door. don't don't do nothing <laughs> crazy. And like I, I say that, and then like <laughs> River Vital had to play uh, like Hitler in a in a loop in the third film one time. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, because you know <laughs> he's in the film, so like somebody yeah. got to be the bad guy. You know the way how I contribute it to is like growing up. There's all these films and movies on like segregation and slaves and all that they still gotta pay people to be the slave owners and stuff like that so like you know i imagine they come in yeah i imagine they come in like hey what's up man yo i just want you to know this is i love you action get on the floor you like like i imagine (laughs) it's it's very much like that but someone has to do that role yeah, I don't feel I, I I always hate that. It's like there's so many people these days that think that t- portraying something means that you inherently endorse it. I'm like, mm. no, it's called acting. Yeah, right. It's like Taika Waititi. He plays Hitler. That's that's so fucked up. He's a Jewish dude. It, relax. He's a Jew. <laughs> He's a Jew. <laughs> but I think Chill. it's important to have your boundaries of like what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Like me personally. Like I don't think I would ever do any type of commercials, any work promoting cigarettes, because I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes, and like I'm really against that as a person. That bothers me, right? Um, mm. But if I have for a million the, dollars, right? But if I play the character who smoked, then you know that's different, you know. But I think it's important to have your boundaries and have things, and just be upfront with them, and not be like. Cause I do things that bother me. Like I won't. Like I'm not gonna do this because this bothers me. I'm not gonna do this because oh, I wonder how you'll react to it. Cause that's like you know. Someone, Did you I, ever come across like a role that like sort of hit one of your quote unquote artistic boundaries? Whether it's like hell something about, yeah, uh, what it was something even... about that character made you very uncomfortable. Hell and sort of, like, yeah, how you viewed it. One hundred percent. I had it wasn't even a voice role. It was a play. And they was mm. like, yo, we want you to be a rapist. And I was like, fuck, man. But <laughs> but it was a Broadway play. And I was like, this would do great for my career. Like, and the director was cool. It was just like, yo, man, it just like, I don't know if he was saying I was ugly. Because like, once again, you only, I feel like you can only portray things you look like. So it was like, I don't know, man. It was like, hmm. You know what? If we put a hoodie on you and we put you in a dark alley, yeah, I think we could see it. Ra- and I like, I was mad about it, but like, I took it. And I'm a method actor, so you know, I had to practice because I've never been a rapist in my life. I had to practice, so right. I went and raped. so I went and you know, I attacked my wife randomly throughout the day. And I was just like, and I, and I didn't tell her <laughs> I what I was love doing. That. I, like, I, once again, I'm a method actor. I need her reaction to be real. So, like, she would just, like, be doing dishes, and I'll just come in with a mask and attack her. I don't know. But the play was really good. But does it, you know, did it bother me? Hell, yeah. I have family that came out to see that play. And, like, ma'am, why are you asking for a divorce? He's a method actor. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, do you, like, and, like, because I think it's something interesting about, like, our human brain is that sometimes it puts up like these like walls and it's like you don't want to explore these things about your psyche like don't fuck with this and, and then you have like actors that delve into that like and like if you hear like like Joaquin like, Phoenix for example Joaquin Phoenix so, like I was about to say Jack Nicholson he was talking about like playing the Joker and it's like that's a world that took him to like some weird places 
as they were like I think he was talking about Heath Ledger in in relation to that his experience with the Joker. I'll give you one. Oh. It's funny better. that every single person that's portrayed the Joker in live action has been a method actor. I'll give you one better. Look at Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson used to be a drug addict, and mm. when he got off and he cleaned himself up. One of his first big roles was portraying a junkie. And, you know, obviously that's not the thing you want to do after you like, you know, anybody who really goes through like, you know, like addictions and things like that. Like, it's really hard. And when you clean yourself up, you try to move forward. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a personal barrier to you, you don't want to go back to portraying the thing you just kicked. But he did it. And Samuel Jackson, one of the greatest actors of all, at least in my eyes, like I love Samuel Jackson. Because he's, he's in every sense of medium. He's in anime. He's in video game. And he's a big weep. Like I, I like I love him because of that. Like Does Samuel uh, Jackson like anime? Yes, and hentai too. Yes. Like that's, that's, I, <laughs> one of the greatest clips ever. <laughs> like that's my can, hero, can it be man. purple? Yeah, you can have purple. <laughs> like the, <laughs> I love the that. fact he'd be pressuring people. Well how do you how do you say this word? Well, what word are you talking about? Nope. Nah. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that interview. Like, Say it. Say the word. I'm, I'm not going to. What's the word? I, I love Samuel. <laughs> that interview is fantastic. He'd be like, he, he's, the, he's, a, he's a boundary pusher. He'll let you screw up just so he can be like, well, you chose to do that. Um, but yeah, man, it's as an actor, I feel like when you're new, it's important to set your boundaries. Um, but don't be too picky because, you know, you never know when an opportunity will, will come for you. I was not too. Not yeah. come for you, but come at you. Oh, that's the worst. Anyway, I say this to be like, I was offered a part in a hentai that I didn't want to take because I didn't want that to be my introductional role. And I didn't have no problem doing anything like additional or things like that. But like, it was, it was a scene and it was very graphic. And I was like, ah, like I asked my wife and I was like, would you be okay with me doing this? She was like, Hmm. I don't know. And I'm like, all right, well, if the people around me, like, you know, if it made her uncomfortable and I'm not going to do it and there's nothing wrong with saying no, but I never complained about getting opportunities because that was an opportunity there. I feel like when you're new and you're like, I want to work, then you take anything you can get. Like the whole idea of like, Hey, are you on Fiverr? Take advantage of everything you can to build up your career i'm on every pay to play site regardless and a lot of people don't realize you don't have to pay for every pay to place like you can make an account for free and i've had people reach out That's to me because they didn't want to go to voice one two three to like because you know voice one two three takes a percentage and they would sent me a message saying hey can you email me here and I've done audio books outside of voice one two three just because my account was up there and i have a demo i just had a picture of me and they were like, I was mm. looking for a black actor. Now, if you're white, I mean, you know, I don't know how that would benefit you, but you can put yourself out there without really spending a dime, but you have to go through every method possible. You know, there's always something you can do to increase your chances. You have to think of this voice acting world as a video game, right? And a lot of this video game is based off of luck and chance. And that is the one stat that in a video game, a lot of people tend to overlook. They'll increase vitality, they'll increase strength, they'll increase magic, they'll increase invasion. But luck usually always goes under look. And if you can increase your luck factor, 
you'll get so many more opportunities. And you can always do things to increase your love. Listening to podcasts, you know, taking classes, learning audio engineering, networking, meeting people and things like that. Interacting. Interacting 100%. I only got big as a voice actor and I really don't even consider myself big. I'm just in a position where I could do this full time and like not have to worry about like, oh boy, I got to work at a job I hate tomorrow. Like that is the only thing that's the level I'm at. And that takes people years to get through. I work for a voiceover school that teaches voice acting. I've in a sense am very blessed and fortunate to be in the position I'm in. But the only reason I'm in that position is because I made a bunch of opportunities for myself on my podcast. I would speak to actors and like at the voice school I was at, I was like, who's in charge? Let me speak to the person. Let me speak to the head of education. We had a conversation and that led to one thing. If you really want to be in an anime, why aren't you looking up the directors for those shows? Let's look up the voice directors, try to speak to them. And a lot of people don't do that. They're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to keep doing auditions. And when things don't work out the way they want, they get depressed or they get discouraged and they stop. And it's really hard to make it in this industry doing that, especially when your goal is to work in the thing that pays the least. Yeah. And there's not I don't think there's like one right way to get into the industry either. Like I actually, I've heard a story again. I don't know how true it is because I heard it on Twitter of a voice actor who got their start in the industry because they actually took recordings of like their demo reel on CDs and just started handing them out at conventions to voice actors and say, "Hey, give this to your agent." I think I know mm. who you're talking about too. Oh, I mean, I think, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, very recently, like the voice actress of uh, Jolene from JoJo, Kira Kira Buckley. Uh, I, yeah, she started out just doing gigs online. She didn't go to school or anything. She did gigs online, and over the years, she did more and more, and she was more and more no- notable, and now she's voicing fucking Jolene Cujo in JoJo, which is nuts. Fantastic. And, you know, I would like to think, if I'm anything, I would like to think I'm an example of you can make it in this industry some way, somehow, and not have a shred of VO training, theater background off the dedication that I really wanted to do this. Now, granted I spent eight to nine years doing stand-up comedy. So that really contribute to like, you know, me being able to speak loud and like, you know, and change up on the fly. And that had a lot to do with how, like how successful I was, but you know, there's voiceover schools like closing credits, the school I'm part of that teach voice acting for an affordable rate. I do v- I do events every week, every other week. I'm doing something where I speak to voice actors, where I give people a chance to ask their direct questions on how to make it. And so many people think it's about the equipment that you have. When like I got started with a Blue Yeti, I got honestly I got started with a lapel mic before I got any <laughs> equipment. I got started with Blue a Yeti gang mic. rise up, and then I <laughs> and I worked my way up and like. I have a studio now. I have a whole recording studio that I'm barely in. That I should be in, but I'm barely in because I'd rather do things in my pajamas. And I have a Neumann U87, which is the greatest mic in this fucking industry. And I can't use it right now because they're building a house across the street from where I'm at right now. But having none of that, but having any of that stuff, that didn't help me book my next job. There are great incentives. There are great things once I meet someone. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't know you have that. But just by having nice things doesn't guarantee you any work. And I try to tell people that because they're so caught up on, oh, 
I need this to get started. And it's not true. I got started in podcasting. That's literally the thing that helped me get big. The world ended. I was at home. I wasn't doing nothing. I couldn't do stand-up comedy no more. And I wanted to do voiceover. But I did not have the money. So, because everybody was home, I just reached, I literally went on imdbpro.com. I got a 30-day trial. I made seven emails because I was going to do it seven more times. And I just wrote down everyone's email. And I reached out to them. And some of them responded. And some of them didn't. But I reached out to everyone and see, to see who was willing to have a conversation with me? And it didn't matter if you were the voice actor in Sutton today, if you was in something yesterday. I spoke to Stephanie Natalin, who was the voice actor of the original Kid Goku and things like that. Oh, shit. Like, I've spoken to everyone in this industry. And I got big because I kept doing that. And I never, at any point in my life, thought I was a good interviewer. Like, I thought I was terrible. The only reason I did it was because of the stuff I was trying to learn no one else was doing it. Like every interview was the same bull. It was the same. So what was it like to be in this show that this one? I was like, I learned that shit like three interviews ago. I don't need to know this right now. Like I need to know when you don't book, how do you get past depression? Like that's what I want to learn. And when I realized I think, that, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to like, I deal with it all the time or I deal with nerves too. Sometimes I still can't believe the stuff I book. And then I started speaking to voice actors. I didn't know because those are the people I want to be. When you start looking at the actors who are you're not familiar with, the people who do commercials, promo works, and things like those shows, anytime there's a YouTube ad and there's someone speaking and not that AI that says, that sound that happens when you go outside, like anything that's not that thing, like those are people getting paid. And I want to know how they're making money because I want to make money in this industry. That's the best thing that I feel like worked out for me because even though I wanted to do video games and anime, I was open to do whatever I could as long as it was fun. Like, I didn't have tunnel vision. And I feel like a lot of actors have tunnel vision. They're like, oh, I want to do this one thing. Make your own opportunities. And People are just very scared of taking that, <clears throat> excuse me, that first step of, like, actually going out and doing that thing they're looking for. Like, like I, I'm also, like, I'm guilty as charged, again. Like, doing, taking that first step of actually... Like and not making excuses of oh I need the tools but you don't need the tools you need to like give yourself that that pep talk or whatever you need to do to actually that passion go and do that it. drive yeah people have passion and drives but they just like scared to take that first step it's the same for almost anything like ever like oh I'll get in shape oh I'll go like I'll go to the gym I'll do that and this and that but you're not doing it because but you're, you're just... never gonna get to that destination unless you take that first step for sure for sure it so, is. It is the mindset of dedication over motivation because anyone mm. can get motivated easily. Mm. Anyone can get motivated, right? Yeah. Like anyone can watch a hype video on YouTube, get motivated. And that's simple. But being dedicated to something is a completely different story because when you're yeah. dedicated to something, you're going to do even when it gets bad. Motivation is great, but motivation wears off pretty fast, too. Motivation yeah. is there. First two days, by, and then yeah. it's gone. And then all you have is, well, how bad do you really want to do it? And I had the dedication, because I did comedy for so long, I didn't have anywhere else to go to. And I was in that tunnel, too. Like, I didn't know if, if it was going to work out for me, but I was going to try everything I could. I didn't want to run out of excuses. Like, I don't get, I don't get down about auditions because there's always more to do. 
And until there's no more auditions to do, that's when I'll get real sad and be like, oh, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Something that also really helped me is being married. When you're married, you can't, you get so used to the word no and nah <laughs> and sorry, I don't think so. Like, Not tonight. Yeah, like, you know, like it kind of don't, that won't fit in there. Like, you kind of just be willing to be like, all right, whatever. Like, eh. so those are the things that help me. Um, I hope... Um, I hope the industry changes where people get like, you know, the proper, you know, recognition that they deserve. You know how many people work on a show like the amount of Walla that's done? None of those actors are credited like at all. It's looked down upon in the industry to put Walla on your resume. Because that shows that it kind of comes across as you being like desperate a little like it's sort of like an unspoken rule. It's like, why would you put this here? Um, For those that may not be in the know, what exactly is Walla? Walla is the background noise of a show. Uh, it's like if someone walks into like a cafeteria and you hear a bunch of like jabbering in the background. That's what Walla you is. You know, like you, they show a school scene and you hear, oh man, I didn't do my homework last night and things like that. Like that's what Walla is, is, is the definition yeah. of additional voices. It's voices without a face, a character, without something where it's like, hey, I'm in here. I just don't have a character exactly. I just set things in this show. Yeah. And um, that's where a lot of people get their stuff from. It's Walla. And it adds atmosphere. It's something that adds atmosphere to, to, to stories. And yeah, I think people like that should be should be credited. I mean, obviously not as much as like, you know, voice actors for main characters and whatnot, but they should definitely be credited. Right. And- I mean, they worked on something. They deserve to be like credited as being <laughs> taking part of that like project. Like I said, and it sounds part. like it sounds like a, the well, one of the primary solutions to a lot of these problems that we have talked about is just unionization. Yeah, I mean, union, putting yourself in a position where people can make more money is great. I think that is ultimately the answer. I feel bad for people who won't be, because, you know, you have to qualify to be part of the union, you know. There's a major difference between union work and non-union work. Uh, For example, uh, David Hayter, who is the voice actor of Metal Gear Solid, uh, he was already part of union when uh, he did that audition. And when he did that really? audition, he was not supposed to because Metal Gear Solid was a video game that was non-union. So he's not mm. allowed, when you're part of union, you're not allowed to work on non-union projects. Um, I think like FICOR, which is like one of the union branches, they allow you to do it. But I think at the time, like the SAG-AFTRA that he was part of, like it was like you cannot work on any non-union uh rules that's why so many people have different names or pen names or things like that mm, so they can really? do those other rules without getting hit or hurt or you know hunted down that's why so many people well, i know like I, I don't know if it's still this way but I, i've heard before that if you get if, if you're like in the uh, screen actors guild out in hollywood and you do non-union work you can get kicked out yeah if you you pay a fee you pay like a really hefty uh, fine um I'm a non-union actor, so you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, but from the friends who I do have, though I do know are in the union or qualify for the union, they stay non-union. They're like, uh, because it's a big step, and you know, that's where the big boys come to play, right? When everyone, when you know, like you can make two years worth of rent off a of one union commercial, like it's that insane. Hmm. Globally, you can make easily over like sixty k. With revisions, like, because they're going to keep playing it. Yeah. And that's something else that you've talked about, the, the fact that there are no residuals and no royalties, particularly in um, 
an anime voice acting. Yeah, no. What you um, like when see? when uh, a Blu-ray gets sold, you don't get none of that. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Unless you like do like commentary, <laughs> like you're. You're, yeah, unless, yeah, unless there's like a commentary track or, or something like or, that. Or, or fuck, if you sign it, I guess you when might you get, get a residual from commentary that. tracks. Is that like a thing that is like, can you like make more money by doing that? Well, that stuff is usually with the director, right? Those are usually mm. things yeah. where the director is like, hey, I have this person talk about. And I feel like that's based on the the studio that's releasing the, the yeah. Blu-ray itself. Like it may, they may get a couple of the voice actors together to do like a, like a voice actor's commentary or a director's commentary or whatever. Yeah, it's never usually like the whole cast. It's usually like one person. And it's usually like between the director because they talk about, oh, the show or things like that or like one of the scenes or things like that. A lot of, a lot of actors make a lot of money going to conventions because they get paid to go to a convention. Um, mm-hmm. That's why when they say, hey, if you want to see me, go and let them know you want me to be there. Um, that's how voice actors make a lot of their change. Um, Sean Chiplock makes a shit ton of money off the fact he did Genshin Impact and he does dilute prints. Like, extremely. He signs those. He makes a lot of money doing that. Like, he probably would not be able to buy the house he's able to buy without, like, without that. And I think he he talked about it like like Persona Five. He he played Mishima, I think, in that one. He made ooh, like one month worth of rent off of that game. One of the biggest JRPGs of all time. One month of rent. Yeah. Same thing with Breath of the Wild. One month of rent. Like it's hard, especially and these when games. You live in like LA. there's a lot of lines in them, right? Like these games are huge when it comes to like the voice acting. Yeah. How much like. But then once again, you have to filter. You have to filter out the other things, right? Like, okay, let's take the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, right? He made one month of rent. How much is rent in LA? Uh, What five thousand dollars a month for a studio? Like, yeah, like close to seven seven thousand. Like, like when you live in a city that has like a lot of opportunities, like you gotta pay more money. Like, oh, it's so bad like a studio cheap is like a one-bedroom apartment can run you around seven thousand especially if you're living in the city if you're living in the city like hollywood cheap would be considered one thousand like for like five thousand dollars like a month and that's like cheap and that's ridiculous considering how much you make when you do these video games, that's why you constantly, that's why they're constantly booking. And that's why they're constantly like in a bunch of stuff. They can't just be in one thing or they'll, they'll die. And so many actors go out into those places. Like I'm going to figure it out when I get there and hopefully I'll make it. And that's the wrong mindset to have. The, the best way to get big doing voiceover is get, become really big where you are, become a big fish in a small pond, let people know you. And then when you make that leap, you already know the directors. You already know the people who to contact. So hmm. I encourage anyone who who does, who wants to get into voiceover, you know, do your research, do your due, deli- do your due diligence, but like start making connections. Like literally you can get online right now. Go on Twitter, type in four. I'll give you four people you can reach out to right now if you really want to get into voiceover. Evan Michael Lee, he plays Naruto Yuki in uh, Guilty Gear. Courtney Lynn, she plays yeah. a crap ton of characters and uh, all types of things. Christian Bonas and 
um, Molly Searcy, who is a comic and comic got killed. I bring up these four people because I spoke to them. They're all amazing people. But you could just be like, hi, I have a podcast. Even if you don't, just be like, hi, I have a podcast. I would love to speak to you. And they will nine times out of ten, actually probably ten times out of ten with Evan, be like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. They don't mind talking. They don't mind sharing information. And then you can always be like, ooh, something happened to the file. <laughs> like, like, oh, I don't, for some reason, I can't find it or anything like that. But you can start making those connections now. Like, mm. that's why I got big. That's why I kind of got popular is because a lot of the actors know me. They remember me. They remember me when I had, like, Kyle Bear, like, knows who I am, which is huge because that's, that's Gohan. That's Ryu. I grew up listening <laughs> like, to yeah, this is the guy that sent me 30,000 emails. Like, sheesh. He picked my email? Jonathan Todd Ross, who is the voice actor of Merrick Ishtar, is literally my mentor. That's insane. Damn. And it yeah. all started from a conversation. I didn't even pay him. <laughs> That's what's really crazy. Bet he's regretting that now. <laughs> nah, I think he's cool with it. Like, <laughs> if he's not cool with it, he'll be cool with it before not too long. I'm going to make it. If, if, if Jonathan's ever listening to this, first of all, I would be nothing without you. And if the school is ever listening to this, I would be nothing without you. And if Buford is listening to this, I would, I would be nothing without a lot of people. And if my wife is listening to this, then, you know. I am nothing without you. <laughs> like so, it's a lot of good advice, though. I mean, it, it's it's advice that's good for more than just voice acting, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it really. I would like to think that uh, it applies to life in general, because mm. whatever it is you like to do, you can you you need to speak to the people who are doing it, right? If you want to be a successful Twitch streamer, you need to surround yourself and speak to people who do Twitch on a professional level who can give you realistic like conversations and not just the yeah, just keep on doing it because that that doesn't work for everyone. You can do something. And don't for be afraid to reach out to people who are way bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, you're probably going to get a lot of rejections doing that, but there's going to be at least one person out there most likely that and will you don't at least lose respond. anything on doing that. You'd like Yeah, I mean like the it, I know it's a, a very cliché thing to say, but the worst they're going to say is either no or just complete radio silence. Yeah, and no just means not yet, honestly. Like I got so popular off of just reaching out to people that like I don't even have to do it no more, but I still do it because I know there's a like there's a lot of people who are like me who are from the hood, broke or they're in an environment where they're like I don't know if I can do this. So for me it makes me feel really good to go out my way to get realistic conversations. And you know like you guys you guys do you like this is your podcast. You don't know who's listening to it, but there could be someone going through a tough time right now, having a bad day, and they listen to your show and they can forget about what's going on right now. And that makes them feel better. And as long as there are people like that, I'm always going to be willing to do it. I like, and I don't ever advertise this because I don't want to, I don't want to piss people off, but I do demos, right? I do my own, I did my own demo. And the only reason I did my own demo is because I paid a thousand and five hundred dollars for a demo and I did not like it, but I understood mm. the process of how to make it. But getting a voice demo done costs to a thousand to thousand and two hundred and the only reason i had to do it is because i was speaking to a video game director and Man, i had nothing really... to show for my name so i dished out the money and had something i didn't even like and now i have something that i like which is great but i still dished out that money and not everyone has the money to dish out 
So because of that, I do demos as a service for people who necessarily can't afford it. Because something that would always make me mad is I would speak to voice actors or coaches or something like that. And they're like, it's really not about the money. It's about helping you be like, it's about getting you to where you need to be. And I'm like, yo, I feel that. Great. How much is the demo? It's like a thousand and four hundred dollars. You just said it wasn't about the money. Like what? That that's is nuts. money. That that's, is change. Like, yeah. that is a whole new microphone. That is a whole new setup for me. That's a new camera, a new mic. Like, how can you say it's not about the money and charge me that type of money? So I do demos for like, I think like the first one we do them for like 325 because it's between me and my partner. And like, the only reason I do is because if there's anyone who's going to do this and I know they'll put in like the necessary work, all I can do is vouch for myself. So I just be, so the best thing you can do to solve a solution or fix a problem is to be the solution. And there are a lot of people who will probably be like, Oh, you're devaluing the industry or blah, 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 blah. And you know, no, nah, fuck that. Yeah. It's very yeah. much that. And you know, I don't really, you know, I, not that I don't care cause I understand, but things have to be different. Um, like let's take your show for example, right? I build the podcast network for this school, right? No one had any idea if it was worth it, if it was even necessary, but I put it out there and I vouch for it because I know what podcasting has done for me. And I know there are people with a shit ton of content. They're just looking for their audience. And I'm at a place that has the audience, but no one's going to bring that up to them to be like, Hey, can we give the, so you got to do it yourself. And now that I'm in the position where I'm like, hey, let me run this. Now I can find the shows and be like, yo, I want you all 330 of your episodes. I want to launch with this network. You with your eight episodes. I want you to launch with this network. Oh, my it's, God. It's about giving it's about giving more people the, the ability and to access to like getting the door and like prove their worth like without like the bullshit gatekeeping which is like very inspiring in my i like opinion. how you brought up 330 episodes because that's exactly how many of the episodes of our podcast <laughs> oh, yeah I, I, I know this exactly. man's been doing homework because when i added it to the thing like it was like 70 and i went to sleep i didn't even go to sleep i went to go pee and i came back i was like what the f <laughs> the hell like, so like yeah I, don't, I, I was pretty much on my on my game with that um, but yeah, Anime Club After Dark has uh, has joined his podcast. That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, and I think that's incredible because we get to show people that this system works. I, in a sense, between the seven, the nine, the twelve thousand people on Casting Call Club and the ever growing people on closing credits, we get to say, "Hey, we started this new wave of podcasts." And I don't know if I'm going to be there forever, right? But while I'm there, I'm going to try to give the rub to as many people who I know as possible. Because I don't know if somebody else would do that. But I know I would. So instead of wait for somebody to do it and to be part of that option, do it. Our, let's do it ourselves. That makes me feel better as an actor because I know there's somebody out there that's willing to do that for it. Like, even as we speak, I'm thinking in the future, I want to license and dub my own anime. Like, I want to do that just so I can show and shit on people 
who say, hey, you need to have this, that, and this, and this to have, like, to be in an anime. Just so I can cast my friends and be like, ha, these guys had no training and we made a good show. I have a fucking webtoon. I had no drawing experience whatsoever. But I think I have a pretty good webtoon. Like, people tend to enjoy it. So I'm in the business of knocking barriers down. And I've been very blessed to do that. And I've been surrounded by people to allow me to do that. People like yourselves and things like that. You know, because you allow me to come up here and speak. That's a big thing. Not everybody's willing to do that. And the people who do do that, I don't know them by name. So I need to know them so I can highlight them as these are the people who are affecting what we're doing. Damn, can you tell he's passionate about this? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's very inspiring. Like as I said, it's like really inspiring. And I, I think a lot of people, people really appreciate all that, like all the work you've been doing. And yeah, like, and it's not, it's, it's, awesome. it is great advice for voice acting too, but it's also just generally just great advice for, life, for anything yeah. you want to do. Anything you're thinking about doing that's been itching at you to do for a while now, but you're sort of scared to do it and take that first step. Yeah. You're going to get rejected a lot in the beginning. Yeah, 100%. And I'll fuck, you know, like I said, fuck it. I'll take the step for you. But the least you can do is at least be somewhere in my vicinity. Like, like so I can at least see you out my peripheral. Like, because if I don't see you, I can't help you. So the least you can yeah. do is keep yourself the worst thing as a voice actor you can do or any type of content creator you can do is give up because i truly believe there's someone looking for your voice or looking for your content but when you leave they have to settle for the second best person that's just the truth of life we actually no we had that's that's great advice because we had someone on our discord server who was like he'd started streaming on twitch right and he wasn't getting any kind of traction, but he did a VR stream one time. And he was, like, really close to just giving up on the whole thing. But he did a VR stream one time, and, like, he found out that people were coming to it. And I told him, like, well, why don't you just do more VR streams? And he, like, just recently made affiliates. So good for him. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. You have to keep yourself in the game until the right opportunities come to you. There was 100% another man in my wife's life before I came along. But he messed up and off the rebound, I was like, yo, what it do? Like, <laughs> you wanna be a burger? <laughs> like, like, that's like that's like that's like a real life version of sliding to the DMs. Yo, like, hey. off the cusp. I remember when he messed up too. I was like, damn. You know, I wouldn't do that to you. And I had I'm her ass hooked the, I'm ever since. Like, <laughs> I'm warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> like, yo, like Man, that's crazy. Here, take off this jacket. You know, you might as well sleep here for the night. Don't even worry about it. You want a piece of bagels? I got a piece of bagels. Like, come on, man. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> there are going to be, there's going to be so many obstacles no matter what you decide to do in your life. No matter what you do, there's going to be obstacles. And you got to learn how to deal with them because obstacles, like, they're meant to be knocked down or overcome. But they have this scary illusion of, no, there's no overcoming this. But anything could be overcome. Yeah. I went to go do my taxes today, and I was dreading it. Oh, IRS coon, is that you? <laughs> oh, man, I was dreading it because, like, I made a significant, like, amount of money. Like, 50, like, close to 58, well, I made more than 56K, but I made a, a significant amount of money. I didn't put none of that real money to the side. I was broke. So I was like, I need all this. 
And when I went in, like, you know, I was dreading it because I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to, like, pay all this shit back. And no one tells you when you're a voice actor, hey, when you get paid from your gigs, put your money to the side. Like, no one ever say shit like that. So when I went in there, like, I was prepared for the worst, but I went in with the mindset of, all right, I'm going to get past this. Like, this will work itself out. And not blindly like, oh, it'll all be perfectly okay. But whatever happens in here, I'm going to be able to get over. I'm going to be able to overcome it. And I really overcame it because he was like, wait, so what are your expenses? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, son. Like, let's knock this let's knock this amount down right now. So <laughs> my greatest advice to anyone, no matter what you want to do, is surround yourself with people who you enjoy doing that thing and keep yourself in the game. Just keep yourself in the game. Keep yourself motivated because it's hard to be motivated when you don't see a results. But don't worry about the results. Don't worry about the end game. Like concern yourself with the journey and having fun because you're having fun all along the way. Like you'll reach you'll reach your destination before you know it. That's how it worked out for me. And I'm not even at my destination. Yeah, that's what we basically said about this podcast. The, the second that the, the conversations don't become fun and engaging anymore is the second we're going to stop. Yeah. Hey, it's been going on for five years now, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, and seriously, that that's fucking great advice for, for what we've been talking about. And I think that, yeah. We've also talked about some of the solutions. I think unionization and royalties are the two biggest things that need to happen um, in the Western side of the voice acting industry. And I think if you could just get those two things, a lot of the issues that we've talked about will, they might not be solved overnight, but they'll be well on their yeah, way. Yeah, fucking pay us more, man. Like, we all know anime is like, or just pay, not, not even just more, just fair. Yeah, like, like, there's no question that anime like it's popular like the whole oh it's a niche con- like that's that's bull like all right anime is advertised on every source of medium there's taco co- there are taco bell commercials that are like anime like they're that have the anime style like feel to it there's literally vtubers in american commercials now no 100 percent that's insane. So, that seeing seeing galgura in a taco bell commercial literally just blew my fucking mind like it's not a niche thing it's a very it's a thing that's that's been popular for years and everybody knows it so you know yeah come on and hopefully obviously a lot of voice actors have been making their um their displeasure known um not just on social media but with the the companies that they work with for a little while now it does seem like every week there is a voice actor on twitter just showing us how little they actually do make for the work they do so hopefully this is something that changes here in the next uh couple of years or at least we get on a trajectory that is uh more amenable and more fair for all of the people um involved because there's a lot of really good talent i know that that we on the podcast do tend to talk more about you know like the japanese japanese voice acting with some of the anime that we do talk about but there definitely is a a place um for like english dubs or italian dubs or whatever it happens to be um because if it weren't for the english dubs i probably never would have gotten to anime or at least i would have been way way longer like i would have been way older yeah by the time i got into anime yeah just you know there's so many you know 
there's so many things that can be better. I, I, I honestly, more than anything else, I think anime like there needs to be more places like because America is really the only place that that does it. Honestly, like United Kingdom probably does some animation, but anime is usually like America has the capital on that. So like my overseas like brothers and sisters, you know, like they need opportunities too. Like shout outs yeah. to the Hebrew dub of Dragon Ball Z. I'll always remember yes. that fondly. <laughs> Yes, and I think that's a really, really great place to uh, to end this. Thank you so much, Burger, for joining us. This was a really, really yeah, fun man. Discussion. Thank you for coming on. Sure, it was really, sure. really fascinating. I, I, I started um, to feel bad. I was like, oh fuck, I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's why. No, that's no, why we brought why, you on. This is exactly why we wanted you on because you, we know that you have like you're in the industry, so you see it from a side that we don't. Um. But uh, before we do uh, head out, um, all the stuff that you're a part of, if you want to plug it, go ahead. Go ahead. And I'll also put it down below in the description for anyone that wants to uh, check him out. Okay. Uh, sheesh. Well, I'm trying to think about what I can talk about. Uh, well, I have a podcast uh, called Geeks in the City. Uh, that's really cool. Um, I'm now stepping into the FGC world. So, like, I speak to FGC, uh, like, pro gamers and things like that. Because, you know, just how I feel like speaking to voice actors helped me. Uh, there are people who want to play fighting games for a living, and I want to speak to the people who do that. So I'm doing that now. So showing that some love would be great. I have a webtoon called Living with the Geeks. That's awesome. Uh, the second chapter, that should be coming out sometime in the summer. Check that out. Uh, check out the school. I'm part of closing credits. I, I honestly think they're like the future of online education because they're affordable. And they allow me to speak and give away free lessons for free every week so go follow them on twitter and you know one of those you're on your way to right after yeah, this that's literally what i'm about to do right after this is literally i literally gotta speak to uh this dude named uh, river vital and i don't know anything about him so i'm gonna have to cram as much information i can in 30 minutes which i'm probably not gonna be good at um but i'm really good at having a i'm really good at just talking to people so as long as he's a person i'll get my way through it um mm. yeah those are the main things uh, follow me on twitter um at burger vo or uh, I think it's Burger Jamil. I think it's my full name, Fat Burger Jamil. I think it's one of those. Uh, Burger, but I know Burger Vo is what you go by on Discord. Yeah, Burger Vo. Yeah, Burger Vo on Discord. Follow me there. I'm a wealth of information. So if you ever <laughs> want any, like if you ever need any advice, reach out to me and use my podcast to help you get to those next steps. Because all you need is an icebreaker. And if you can be like, oh, I heard you on this show, that's your icebreaker. You can just use that to be like, hi, my name is. Even if you didn't watch the episode, just use what you can. I want everyone to succeed. I can't stress to you how many friends I have work at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I'm like, yo, even though I love the buckets that y'all bring, y'all really shouldn't be here. Like, didn't you want to be like a, like a like working news, like to be a news journalist or something like that? He was like, yeah, but they just raised up my paycheck by $1.50. I'm like, God damn. All right, well, <laughs> I'll still take a number three, though. Like, it's don't work at Kentucky Fried Chicken is my is my thing. And if you work at Kentucky Fried Chicken, I appreciate you. But try to get in a Chick-fil-A. All right. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to uh, end this podcast. So thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. Like I said, thank you, Burger, for also uh, joining us. I'm sure because I know I always it seems like every single month I ask, hey, you want to be on our WTF this month? <laughs> 
I'm sure you'll be on another WTF at some point. They're always fun. And yeah, it's always fun having you on because like you 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 make us laugh, which is always fun. Um, Check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on uh, Discord. I'll also, like I said, put uh, Burger's links that he mentioned uh, down below too. Check out our merch store. Any purchases you make there really help us out. And with that, I have been your host, Alex, and we will see you next time. Say goodnight, guys. Goodbye. Get my VO's name out of your fucking mouth. Oh, man, the slap heard around the world. When can I slap you like that in a time? July is coming soon. It is. Oh, damn, you're planning on it? That's terrible. (laughs) We'll We'll be announced soon.